everybody. This is Sam Banks. John Holiday. And you're listening to Black Audacity, the podcast for neo-Negroes like ourselves. Welcome back, everybody, for the coveted episode that has taken <laughs> us 15 tries to do um, because of technical issues. But thank you for tuning in and continuing to support um, our movement. So today, Mr. Holiday, hey. we are discussing the neo-Negro movement, a uh-huh. term that we've coined together um to discuss the new image of black america to the rest of the world um we have definitely decided to change the narrative of how black creatives are taking over and how we want to distri- uh, demonstrate ourselves to the rest of the world so let's get into it so when we're talking about the neo-negro movement we're talking about new artists and new people who have come onto the stage come into the scene and light and definitely have changed just about everything um from music to movies to how things are just overall portrayed in the world um and one of those people happens to be amanda gorman uh yeah the i'm sure everybody watched the inauguration i i wasn't able to see it live uh regrettably so but however so when we talk about neo-negro that's the epitome of what we mean. You have this young African-American woman uh, speaking from her soul and it's, and it's changing the narrative. So you can listen listen to this poem, listen to her, her, her works, her writing, and you can just hear this is young, this is urban, this is black, this is now, and this is very necessary, which is very important in, in the crux of what we're talking about because uh, we're going to get into the genesis of the original which was called the new neo movement and then later redefined as the harlem renaissance which was described as a very necessary corrective to the blackface and menstrual shows of earlier years so when we talk about the new neo movement this was right after the emancipation emancipation and then you had the great migration and you had um, immigrants are um, coming from the Caribbean. What the fuck is that? <laughs> it's Fast and Furious happening. <laughs> um, sorry. Uh, sorry. No, so coming from the Caribbean and, and, and other areas and going out to Harlem, basically this is this was the, the mecca of, of black creativity. So you had a lot of poets, playwrights, actors you know this is the birthplace of jazz and and, and all of that uh, and just to name some ogs from that movement you had uh langston hughes zora neale hurst um elaine black who actually was the one that coined the phrase new neo movement and was described as the negro was in vogue at this time mm. um and just to give a um categorical Definition of the Harlem Renaissance. The Harlem Renaissance was an intellectual revival of art literature centered in Harlem. So that's your <laughs> definition for it. And um, and Harlem itself was also described, and this is by James Weldon Johnson, not merely a colony or a community, but a settlement, or a settlement, but a black city. So this was important um, because it was a black city, but it's not what you think now when you think urban so this was a black city but it was black socialized black um literature black art uh, black culture 
but when we were telling the story. So it's black culture told by black people, uh, which, which before this, all black stories was were told by, you know, white creators. You had blackface. You had minstrel shows. You, you had even the, had the, Uncle the, Uncle Tom's Cabin, which was written by a white woman mm-hmm. in the 1800s prior to the... Uh, and vaudeville, like you spoke and of. And vaudeville. So all of those things were... And vaudeville was basically a, a time when people did stage acting, music. Um, they did just a little bit of everything. And eventually, black people dominated vaudeville. But prior to that... Um, they were characters and they were played by white people. So the black character played by a, a white man in blackface, which is where the real blackface comes in at because they made it seem like all black people were lazy and goofy mm-hmm. with big lips and, mm-hmm. you know, all the features and everything that we were taught to hate about ourselves. They made it into a character. They accentuated it, but not, not like we do. So I can say, damn, I love them full lips and stuff, but it's kind of like, this is when the uh, when Americanized version we don't like like you know the big butts were comical you know what I mean yeah and they did too they loved it all or there wouldn't be so many mixed race jokes <laughs> so um, yeah you can, <laughs> but, <laughs> but that's a different story uh, that's a, a, for a, 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 a different, different thing. time but the reason why we bring this up and we bring up as John said the genesis of all of this is because we're currently going through our own movement in the same way um we have again like we mentioned amanda gorman we have poetry actors singers and everybody who are using the new technology available to us to Mm. change a dynamic and it's really important but to get back into the harlem renaissance just to give some more um clarity into it because we talk about it and it seemed like it was just this fun and popping time Mm -hmm. and everybody was you know Mm -hmm. in the jazz and drinking and smoking and everybody were just poets and just out here living and it just seemed like it was just fun but it wasn't all fun and games as a matter of fact it was a very difficult time Uh we're talking about people coming and we said um he touched on this the great migration so the great migration is that time period between um it's early 1900s. I don't know. It's early dates. 1900s, but this is where it gets a little tricky at. So you have like, at first, when people were, uh, when our people were released from slavery, they stayed in the South because mm-hmm. they didn't really know. There, of course, a good chunk of them went north. A good chunk of them stayed north. Well, they were the working force in the South. Yeah, at they this were, time. At, and because the the biggest thing that people always, I don't think people know, is that after the period of Reconstruction. There was a time when poor whites and blacks were coming together, mm-hmm. and it was probably a, a probably one of the most peaceful times. And, but that's the genesis of a uh, white privilege. Yeah, when and we talk then, about it, it's a real thing. It's a real thing because, and then all of a sudden, the dynamic changed. Because you had poor whites and poor blacks that were uh, somewhat equal, but then they were coming together. So now you had like, all right, well, look. But now that us- you're white, you can own land. Like you're still poor, but. But you can, you own, can do this. You can own and land, and then I can still pay you less, so that I can earn more. But so, you're still better than this black person. Yeah, you're just s- like virtual being white. Yeah, you're still, you're still, yeah. And it, things, but I caught, cut you off. I'm yeah, sorry. things haven't changed from that either. Uh, but with the original uh, Renaissance, with the migration, people came, but people were uh, 
making money. Our people mm-hmm. were making money in the South. And with every Renaissance movement, every great migration, it, money is involved because mm-hmm. you can't do nothing being poor. Mm-hmm. That even working class, you can't do anything being poor. So there was money in black communities. Um, we talked about Zora Neale Hurston. Zora came from a town in Florida of all places and, and, which is kind of the basis of her book, Their Eyes Are Watching God. You want to break her down? I didn't know she was an anthropologist. Zora so. was a Zora was a true Renaissance woman. She mm-hmm. was a writer. She was an anthropologist. She was educated. And again, she came from an all-black city in Florida. Uh, that she, you know, of course, there were white people around and of people of other descent. But that's what she knew. And that's what she wrote about. She migrated to the north, not necessarily because she had to, but because there, well, the scene was jumping. And her, if you've never read her book, Their Eyes Are Watching God, I make a big emphasis on this book. John knows. Yeah. Um, I had not heard of it. We were at the bookstore because mm-hmm. <laughs> we're nerds. That's what we did. <laughs> like, here, buy this. And I was like, hold on. But I read it. I could not put it down. Uh, and uh, not knowing she was an anthropologist before reading it, and then I'm reading like the dialogue, and at first it was a, a little—it's a hard to... read for a lot of people because yeah. it's in, it's in, it's written how we speak yeah. or how we spoke. But once you get into that, and once you just immerse yourself into it, oh, it's like Shakespeare. Yeah, and, it really is. Yeah, and, and I you love read it, it. you read it. it to a heartbeat, just yeah, like you exactly. would Shakespeare. You're reading yeah, it to your heartbeat, yeah. and once you do that, I like how you said that. Thank you. Okay. It's a, but it's a, it's one of the greatest love stories I've ever read and even though oprah said that but i said it first like and <laughs> oprah said it when the movie was released i said it like at least five years before so that. since we're talking about zora nelson and, and her works uh just in the harlem renaissance as itself you also had plays one in the homie which is uh written by jesse a ship playwright you had a uh, rachel mm-hmm. which uh to talk about that and i and i haven't seen these i uh during research i came across them yeah, we actually researched for this. <laughs> so Several times. <laughs> <laughs> just to give y'all facts and not just opinion. Uh, well, we're going to give you opinion as well. But Rachel was written by Angelina Grimsky, which is important because it was about um, a black woman who rather not have kids just so they wouldn't grow up during this time of so much racial disparity, which, again, was an important story to tell at that time. So as we're talking about the original Harlem Renaissance, and when we bring it over to, to um, the current one, it's the stories that were necessary to tell at the time because uh, W. Du Bois was another player. So he wanted to, he was important that we grasp the, the 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 full spectrum. So he would say, you know, it's, it's cool to write about what we were going through at the time, but let's not focus on just uh, drugs and um uh, prostitution and, uh, and and all of that, but it's it's also important not to not to tell that story because it's 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 still part of you know the black or not black but it's still part of human experience and 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 all of that which is also very important to remember is not a monolithic experience. I say this ad nauseum. Black people are diverse, but we're not we're not always given liberties. To, to talk about it. Us sitting right here, we're diverse within ourselves, within ourselves. Like, we're diverse 
being, you know, I like comic books and sci-fi. But we also listened to Sugar Free before was, we started this show. It, it, just, just to get into the... Uh, <laughs> but before that, it was Erica Badu. So we're, we're diverse within being diverse. But 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 never forget, like, it's, it's, it's always bet on black. It's black on everything. Like, the show is called Black Audacity for a reason. Like, mm-hmm. no matter everything I say, I'm telling you from a black perspective, whether you agree with it or not. And... That's what's important. So, just and that's what and that's what the beauty of a renaissance is. Unfortunately, for all black people, always all of our renaissance because we've had a few. We mm. make a big deal about the Harlem Renaissance because I said, like I said, it was it looked fun and it did. Mm-hmm. It dramatically changed the views of the black American. The Negro was involved. Yeah, we it really involved. was. And that's kind of what we're going through now. But on the on the path to Renaissance, there has to be tragedy, and mm. that's basically where this came from. But it comes on the it comes on the back of tragedy, and the Harlem Renaissance really started um, after major tragic. We had the Red Massacre, we had the Tulsa, um, the Tulsa Massacre. We had all these massacres, Black Wall Street, the Red Summer. So. Um, it really started with somebody who came in through migration. And his name was Claude McKay. And he wrote a poem that's called If We Must Die. And I'll post a link to the uh, our post, the um, actual poem within our group. But it's very important because it highlights that these people, our oppressors, were killing us and butchering us like hogs. Mm-hmm. And that we had to experience all of this but if you're gonna kill us you kill us like men you mm. kill us like women you don't kill us like an animal because we are worth more than that mm. if i if, must die if i mm. must die then you'll you will kill me with respect mm. and that's something that in our hearts that we as black americans have been actively fighting for for the last 400 years since we've been here (laughs) since we've been here if you're going to kill me if you're going to slaughter me you are going to kill me like a man not as your Mm -hmm. animal beneath you we are eye to eye and the point and why that's such a big thing is is because it's easy to kill an animal well, for some of y'all, yeah. some of y'all, the <laughs> vegans and everybody else, I apologize, but you get what I'm saying. It's easy to kill an animal. It's easy to slaughter a hog. It's uh-huh. easy to do that, but it's hard to sit there and shoot a man yeah. that you identify as your equal who has done nothing different than you, but be a different color. So as long as you don't identify as your equal. Yeah. As, and that, that is the, that is the point of it. So and a lot of good things about the Harlem Renaissance that are coming back at, that are have similarities with all of Can this. Can I make a point about the death thing? Sure. Because uh, now that you're saying that, I'm like, wow. Because the finality of death is so absolute. And we and reading about history, because, you know, I like Shakespeare and all that. It's like, uh, honorable death, honorable death. And we now I'm thinking about it like, even in death, you give people respect, like your enemy, but... You don't even have respect for, uh, uh, you know, a, a person that is, quote unquote, not your enemy is something they done, but you don't even kill you them don't like even, a man. You don't yeah. won't even kill them like a man. And I'll put you on something mm. else, too. This is a big thing why people be like, oh, the uh, the funeral in- industry is a big scam. Because that's a that's a common thing. That's really big in our, uh, our, uh, Us being, our generation. Okay. That's the word I'm looking for. Um, but... 
If you didn't know, at a certain point in time, they wouldn't let, and this happened recently in Louisiana, where they wouldn't let, they wouldn't let this man be buried in the cemetery because he was black. But at a point in time, they wouldn't sell us burial plots. We couldn't Mm. have life insurance. Mm. That's why we make such big deals about things like that. It's not to be cute. It's not to be bourgeois. It's not to be Mm. anything like that. It's the same thing with voting rights. Uh, Mm. We'll do, we'll do a different episode on that one, Mm -hmm. uh, because I can do that all day. But... When it comes to death, we were being killed in the streets in the 1900s for no reason other than trying to thrive and Mm -hmm. support a society that wanted to kill us. It's the same thing that happened in the 50s and 60s during the civil rights movement. What do we want to do? Thrive and support a society that wants to kill us. The same thing in the 70s and 80s. Same thing in the 90s. Same thing in the 2000s and the 2010s. We've said that we've had enough. Mm. So we've mixed art with anger. Mm-hmm. We've missed disappointment. <laughs> and we've decided to do it digitally. We've decided to change the aesthetic. The, digi- the digital diaspora. <laughs> yes, the digital diaspora. Yeah. We have decided to change the entire theory of what you think a black person is. You're not going to tell me what I am. No longer. No, more. no, no more. longer. You can't tell me. How my hair should be. Mm-hmm. You can't tell me how my lips should look. You can't mm-hmm. tell me that my skin color, my hair type, you know, even the way I hold my hands is a threat to you and any you're not longer. Tell me how to speak as well. Yeah, because I'm gonna do. First of all, what you're not gonna do on Al Green's internet <laughs> is try to tell me about my colloquial phrases Mm -hmm. and tell me that they're not you know that doesn't sound very educated no what doesn't sound educated is you not knowing what they mean yes just say that say that sis if you don't know what i'm (laughs) if you don't know what i'm saying just say that just say that because (laughs) if i have to learn if i have to learn how to say polish names if i have to learn Mm -hmm. how to say um let me put it like this. If I have to learn how to say things that don't come from the country that I am originating from, that my family originated from, but you have an issue with the way that I speak in the accent that was created by your ancestors, it's, you are uneducated. It's, it's, it's dialect. It's parlance. But black people are it's the cute. only ones it's not cute. giving... Creole not, is cute when it's white people oh, doing yeah, it. Yeah, southern accents and all of that. Uh, no, yeah. oh, oh, bless your heart. Look, I, I say that all the time. I say child all the time. Like, I was born in the South. I don't know what that's about. I was born in Oakland. <laughs> I, have lot, <laughs> I have a lot of old man phrases that I don't know where they came from. I but. have no idea. That's well, my ancestors speaking through me. <laughs> I say ma'am and sir all the time. Yeah, and and I can't even help myself. And it doesn't matter about the age they Yeah, because sometimes people get offended. It's like, a lot of people yeah. get offended. And they're usually people who aren't black. And I'm going to say it like that. Because black people know that we're not trying to be funny. Yeah, I'm not calling you old. Because, bitch, if I wanted to call you old, I would have called you old. Plain and simple. But I digress. I digress. (laughs) But we've gone around in this circle or pattern for the last, you know, let's just say the last 200 years. from From the 1900s going on to now. Okay. We've gone in this circle. So we had our uh, the the migration. We had the Renaissance. We had the sixties and seventies with the I'm sorry, the fifties and sixties with the civil rights movement. That really started in the thirties. Uh-huh. But we started getting money. So the civil rights movement is uh actually post World War II money. Mm-hmm. We had even though there was a um there was a economic uh fall in the fifties and people were unemployed. Black people were thriving as 
And like some of you turn up your nose in in the face of this, but they were thriving as domestics. They were making mm-hmm. money. They were then putting their kids through college. You did um, to quote W. Du Bois. I know you have reservations about him, but as long as as long as you're willing to do what's necessary, you'll always have a place in society. So black people as a as a, as a whole were willing to do what was necessary. Um, to make money. Like. And, we, and we've always done that. It was the same thing through the Harlem Renaissance, though. But again, we tend to only want to see the flash and the fun and not knowing that these people still did work as domestics. They still mm-hmm. had to sweep and wash and take care of these white people who didn't give a damn about and whether they live. And sharecroppers as well. And it's the same thing we were talking about um, the reconstruction period because that's how all of that started. They wouldn't let us own land so we had to crop it out. Mm-hmm. But there's certain sections of the country we'll get into that on a different story but like Alice Walker, uh, Zora Neale Hurston they all come from places in the south where black people actually did have a history of having money and yeah. having land. Um but anyways, so we go through that. and But through each renaissance, we seem to lose the direction of the original, which mm-hmm. was to re-identify and then how we express ourselves to the world. And amongst ourselves as well. And amongst and that's ourselves. that's important too. That's important too. So. Being diverse and all. And so I would say with the original Renaissance, the original Harlem Renaissance, it was the actually the first real introduction, mm-hmm. without a doubt. That mm-hmm. was our introduction. Then we have the Civil Rights Movement. That was okay. We've we're we're one of you now. Let us in. And in this time, you had a, a, another surplus of. Uh... Uh, this is your Nikki Giovanni's, your James Baldwin's. Exactly. Your, and you, you had your, yeah, you had your James Baldwin's, you had your Maya Angelos, you had yeah, your yeah. Uh, Bill Roberson, you had all, uh, is it Bill or Paul? Why can't I think of that right now? It'll come to me after the show is over <laughs> and long and published. <laughs> uh, I, I'm, but I'm believing it's Paul, because um, Paul got called. And, you know, but then after that renaissance in the in the 50s, because Baldwin, Baldwin and Maya are children of the yeah. Harlem Renaissance, they oh, yes, yes yes they come they come and they're invoking they're really invoking some changes and some mm-hmm. thoughts which mm-hmm. then feeds onto the world of the worlds of Nikki Giovanni Huey mm-hmm. P Newton mm-hmm. and things going forward that's when we get the strong narrative yeah. we are no Angela quitters Davis, Angela Davis her, yeah. I'm sorry <laughs> Dr Davis um um but we get into that we get into we're strong we're proud we're this we're that and that rolls into the 80s right Mm -hmm. we're strong we're strong we're strong 90s we're strong we're strong somewhere between the 90s and the late 90s and the 2000s we decided to diminish all that and became caricatures so so who was the 80s because I remember you mentioned Public Enemy. Public Enemy. These are, I, I'm just throwing out people because I wasn't really there, but I do know about them. Yeah. <laughs> I was there briefly. So you have like Public Enemy who were children of they were Maya children, Angelou. And, uh, they were actually children of the party because uh, yeah. Flavor Flav is just, Flavor Flav and Chuck D are like the same age as my mom. But, but what I'm saying, you got a, uh, you have a. Uh, Langston Hughes or Neil Hurst, then you have Mike Angelou, Angelou, Baldwin, Baldwin, and, and then you have Huey and Nikki, and then you have Chuck D. <laughs> he, he should but, be mentioned but that, like, but that's really how it works because we just took the voice and we just changed it. Of course, there's more voices in between there, but we're using yeah, ones yeah. that people would commonly know and maybe not even look into. Yeah. But 
Drop yeah. some in the group if you know. Yeah, if you if you know some, talk about it, and we can have a discussion about yes, it because that's yeah. what we want. We love all the ignorant shit that we post ourselves yeah. <laughs> yeah. and what you guys post, but it's okay to you know drop. In the some. words of James Baldwin, the, the the effort of what this really is. <laughs> yeah, because we could do a whole episode and day dedicated to James Baldwin. We're no, we both, will. <laughs> we definitely will. We're yeah. both huge James Baldwin fans, um, except for the book and movie that shall never be discussed. I can't take it. Okay. <laughs> so now we're in the eighties and nineties. We're on to the eighties and nineties. So there's a black niche, like it's. It's cool again to be black. It's never let's let me put this out here. It's never not been cool to be black. We've yeah. always been we've always been the what's the word? Encyclopedia Brown. In vogue? No. Pinnacle? What? Pinnacle. I'll use pinnacle. We've always been the pinnacle of coolness. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah, without okay. a doubt. Like we're we're the bar that you have to get to. Yeah. It's always been that way. But it was really cool and we were really cool and we were really educated. It was really big to see because, and that starts with the Cosby show, mm-hmm. you know, stuff like that. Even though, oh, I'm throwing good times. But see, in the 90s, that's what, that's where I postulate that it, it, it died out. I would say in the mid 90s. To early 2000s. The mid 90s to, two, I would say even in the 2010s, somewhere we forgot that we were yeah. black. Yeah. And, and we had this whole we had this 30 whole, something years of just. We were lost. <laughs> yeah, it was all about the bling bling, and, yeah, it, and we were yeah. all included with that. I, yeah. And I will say, some of that was some of the uh, best times of my I'm saying, life. I'm not excluding myself yeah. from it. We was young, full of piss of vinegar, as they yeah. say. So. And we were going through a, a tumultuous economic time. Yeah. So it, it it was a let's just say you can see by the looks and the clothes, 2000s were a weird fucking time. So this is <laughs> now now the people in their late 20s, early 30s now. We're coming into how we say the neo negro the movement. The neo negro movement. This, this was because born we're, from all the we're done being characterized as just a strong person. Yeah. Because automatically and we are, without a doubt, there's and our ancestors more so than us, mm-hmm. um, are stronger and we're more resilient. We we still go through a lot of stuff. However, we're human. But now this new movement is taking away the strong point and showing that we can be weak that we can Mm -hmm. be hurt that we cry that we mourn Mm -hmm. and that we don't want to be strong see that's the thing there's a difference between having to be strong and wanting to be strong yeah because i'm one of those people i have to be strong it's something that's in me but do i want to be no i would rather break down and cry but a lot of times when people see me and not because they know me, but because they see a black woman of a certain age, mm-hmm. it's, oh, she's you're a, so right. strong. She's right. yeah. She'll be fine. Yeah. Why doesn't she cry or what that? And it, cause it's dangerous. It's dangerous to black mental health, which will it be is. another episode. But this new Negro movement with people like my girl Issa Rae, I don't know her personally, but I want to be like Talk her one day. It. I think she might be younger than me. That's neither here nor there. She is. I believe she is. She's yeah. my girl crush, and I love her. Um, but you have people like Issa Rae, Mikaela Cole. Um, Which whom I love. I'm in love with her. She's... <laughs> Chewing gum. This is chewing, chewing gum. gum. Yeah. yeah, and she's been in a whole host of the yeah. roles, but yeah. y'all don't know. <laughs> but, but the reason why we mention these people is that they're, they're they're the creative forces behind their 
their shows and, and, and products and, and things like that. Yeah, and they have taken the idea of taking away that what the caricature of the 2000s, which was, yeah. you know, very similar to a black face. Yeah. That's why y'all be calling people out on Twitter a lot of times. And sometimes it's warranted, sometimes it's not. But I get it. Like, yeah. at the end of the day, I get it. But you have to remember to you Gen Zers who are for some <laughs> God forsaken reason are listening to us. You Gen Zers have to remember that was really a different time. Now, yeah. if they're if these people are still maintaining trash behavior, by all means, continue to call them out. But on the other end of the other spectrum, we we knew better, didn't do better. I can't say it for me because I didn't have Twitter back then, and I was smart enough not to. Thank God. But even some of my Facebook posts are kind of questionable. If, 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 if we were, uh, if all our shenanigans with the word documented <laughs> right you guys yeah. have it unfortunately y'all have it we were on the tail end of uh teenage years when social media yeah. became big yeah. so we got lucky yeah. you only posted what you wanted people yeah. to see now you guys post everything and that's just, just the way it is um but speaking of Issa Rae and uh Mikaela Cole Lena Waith. yeah dear Lena Waith. Because something that wasn't, that's never been big in any of these great renaissance movements is homosexuality within Mm -hmm. the black community. And that's what the new neo-negro movement does facilitate. Mm -hmm. It does show that. yeah, Yeah. And it should, because there's no reason, because our late, great Langston Hughes and Mr. Baldwin were both homosexuals, but they had to stay in the closet. Because even in I'm Not Your Negro, uh, they had that little part in there where Baldwin was like, I fell in love with the French woman. No, you didn't, sis. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he could have. But... He could have, but we both know. Like, yeah, they're, yeah, but, yeah. and that's okay. Like, and even if, but it's the same thing that these people were not able to come out because they were um, going to be shunned, but also mm-hmm. because of religious persecution, yeah. um, which the Neo Negro movement has there. Because during the Harlem Renaissance, there was, um, a look at the dismantling of religion within the black community because it's deemed and it didn't matter if it was Christianity, Islam, whatever, any type of Abrahamic religion was looking to be a, a tad bit tweaked because mm-hmm. it was deemed as a detriment to the community because it was mm-hmm. going to keep us behind in so many ways, mm-hmm. which the new neo Negro movement is also stating that it needs to be dismantled because not all of the aspects of it are actually good yeah and that we should learn more about all of the religions yeah and and then decide but it, this it, is it, not it, to throw out and this and is not to shake christianity or pre, islam in its pre-existing form because religion is question, dangerous yes you can have questions about it and yet still implement the principles of it and that's how I, you know because i implement the principles of christianity of and, and all that basically be good to your neighbor but then again, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to stress about eating meat on a Sunday. You know what I mean? Uh, uh, I'm not going to stress about servitude, which is, which is, you know. And, but one thing, what's actually funny though, just to bring in the neo Negro movement, one uh-huh. thing that's really huge within that and within our generation specifically is mm-hmm. the uh, Hebrew so we've gone. Mm, we just we brought that we brought that back in full, not Judaism, but actual mm-hmm. just Hebrew, where the original man, and that's fine. We're also more into crystals and yeah. and talking to our ancestors, which more spirituality, yeah, and, more spir- which was big in the Harlem Renaissance yeah. time, but in these other times they weren't. So mm-hmm. you had like the civil rights movement, 
the civil rights movement time, it was boom, boom, boom. Christianity, Islam, Christian, Abrahamic. You got to go to somebody's church because that was culture. That was a society at the time. In the 70s and 80s, it was nobody goes anywhere to church for what. It's a, it's a more militant standpoint. Of course, mm-hmm. there was spirituality because you had hippies, black and white, but it wasn't as, it was just like, God is everywhere. Mm-hmm. Go outside. And then the 80s and 90s, don't nobody know what the hell was going on. Well, and it's just a reckless time. Yeah, you know literally. what? You know who was God? Cocaine in the 80s and 90s. And, uh, yeah. <laughs> and it, uh, and again, that lasted up until, okay, let's Until about... last week. because <laughs> <laughs> But, oh, so let's talk about the the somewhat the genesis of the current movement went now because we talked about how it how it stemmed from tragedy because we you had like um the the killings murders of uh oscar grant um uh trayvon martin so f- from here this is when it was deemed necessary for us look you can, it's easy to shoot us in the back and not kill us like men mm-hmm. but now we're like no listen you're going to understand we we are people we are we are people, and, and the fact that we have to keep saying that, and and and, 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 and now we had to get loud about it. Now and we had now to, y'all listening, and now and you're it. listening. We decided for you to listen mm-hmm. because we weren't going to keep going on and doing the same thing. And the idea of a hashtag made a lot of people so mad, but it made us so mad that we had to even say it. Black, Black lives matter. matter. Yeah, and. And the um, statement but, itself pissed people off. They yeah, didn't even pay attention to what they we were didn't pay saying. attention about it because it's supposed to be the same thing as before. And I I say this not in jest, but in all seriousness, with a lot of people, it's like you niggas should be happy. Yeah, you have what you you have what you asked for. What you're you equal, about, yeah. but you're still separate. And you can take it all the way back to them because that's really what it is. The neo negro movement is to finally say, you know what? Forget it. We'll be separate. And let us. Th- and so we can say this is around 2015. This, this is started. definitely 2015 okay. when this started. Till currently. So and, now- and and I think this is going to be the final revolution on this. And the okay. and the biggest reason why is because we're at a point where we're pretty much fed up. Mm-hmm. I know people have said it before. Oh, we were fed up then. We were fed up now. No, this time we're really fed it's up. It's less easy to coddle us now that we're uh, now that you have access to information and, and knowledge. We're, we're is so kill well all connected. Of that. Yeah, so knowledge and information, uh, yeah, and community is gonna kill all of that. It was easy to say what you were back in the day before you <laughs> you get sister Google. You could be like, oh, well, this happened. Like, well, hold on, I can Google this. I can find out about a lot of things I didn't know. Um, even learning more about things that happened way before me. Uh, and, and, and currently, so now getting into some of the players now. So we talked about some of the, uh, earlier players and shakers and movers. So even now, uh, some of the creators now, like, uh, Donald Glover, for instance, he, he's kind of one of the leaders now of the, he's a weird black person and, and it's cool now to be weird and black. <laughs> We're which, finally yeah, accepted. I've oh been my weird God. And black my whole life. And, and no, but, but you know, we're, we're joking, but no, seriously. Yeah, seriously. That was another thing, too, because it was acceptance yeah, of all of us. Yeah, because so, I grew up in that to where I had to be a certain way. Like, even with the music I listened to, like, what you listen to? But now he it's like. He bumps Alanis Morissette <laughs> while we're driving. Yeah. <laughs> and um, uh, people like Jordan Peele, you know? And Jordan, I think Jordan specifically, I mm-hmm. I put a lot into because Jordan is taking a, a genre of movie mm-hmm. and 
that we haven't not historically been represented. We have well not in. been represented well in. We have not ever really put a toe into, if yeah. you really want to be yeah. honest, with the exception of a few films. But mm-hmm. again, those were in the like I would say a lot of them are in the mid to late nineties where it was mockery of black people more mm-hmm. than like telling the story of horror. And, and I'm a horror fan, so it's very refreshing. Uh because again, just let us tell our stories, like just and and, and being a all di- of our stories, and, exactly, and just being a director and a writer. And speaking of directors, my man Barry Jenkins, who made a movie that we're not going to speak of, but, <laughs> but, but but just you guys all go, please go watch When Bill Street or uh, read the book, read the book, yeah, Bill Street, yeah, uh, yeah. James Baldwin, because the book great. is heartbreaking. Bill Street could talk, but no, this is even getting to visual and optics, because even even. Filming black people hasn't always been well. Like you know, uh, directors film it. Like you didn't, you didn't, you didn't, you didn't give it any thought. So now it's like even because Barry Jenkins, even like the scenes, just looking the opening scene of Bill Street when they're walking in the park, and it's just like with the background, like yeah, yeah, it's like art and it's beautiful and it's just what's this? What happens when we're allowed to to direct and tell? Um, like Ava DuVernay, another one, Ryan Coogler. But right, no, I was just saying Ryan Coogler. Oh, because when I say Ava DuVernay, I thought you had Ava DuVernay. I love um, as well. She's up there with Issa yeah. Rae for me. But I'm also in love with Ryan Coogler. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm joking. <laughs> okay, he's he from the Bay too. Yes, uh, he is. Oaktown. Yeah, and 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 now even our actors. Now we got next gen actors. Yeah, which has always been a thing. Like John David Washington, and who are being consistent. Yeah, and consistent in their roles because the Black Klansman that. That's crazy. That's a crazy, and you're going a second generation with the same director. Yeah, and that's the, great. The great Spike Lee, who gave us that resurgence yeah. in the late we 80s and historically, 90s. Historically, we haven't always had that. Like, no, we have. We definitely uh, have not. Most, 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 most actors, you know, had famous actor parents. You know, and and, uh, and I'm not like saying Kate that. Hudson, Goldie yeah, Hawn, that yeah, type yeah, of stuff, yeah. which is cool. Jamie Lee Curtis, Jamie, you know? yeah, yeah, and, yeah, and that's great. And but we, we never have, had yeah, it because yeah. unfortunately, our yeah. Like Dorothy Dandridge, could you imagine if like we would be watching Dor- like her uh, a son, her her, her granddaughter right now, or something like the Barry Morris, a whole legacy. And I love John David Washington mm-hmm. because he's starting that he's starting and, a legacy. Oh, I'm sorry. And we could talk about like when we were growing up, like our uh, Kenan and Kells, Kenan Thompson's Nick Cannon's, like the, who have was, been in the game for twenty years consistently. And they had black sketch comedy shows. Yeah, and, and this was great because it spoke to us. And Kenan is now like the longest member, or the oldest member of Saturday Night Live. The longest tender, uh, 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 yeah, member. That's huge. Yeah, and it's great, and it's great, and uh, more showrunners like a uh, uh, Kenya Barris, but even to get into um, uh, writers, Candace uh, Candace Williams, the writer of Queenie. You tell the story, and it's been uh, the book is similar or the people put it as a similar book to like Bridget Jones's diary mm-hmm. but Bridget Jones didn't have to deal with being black yeah. so it's just like it's just this black girl in London and she's in a love story but there's still this racial tension that comes from her job it's a great book I suggest everyone read it and uh, even uh getting art you know we had our uh, artists of, of old like John Baptiste that's way <laughs> but uh uh even artists now it's um and I'm gonna shout her out, uh, international oil oil painter Athia Say. And my God, we're gonna talk to her. So yes. we're gonna talk to her. So if you hear this prior, man, drop a question if you wanna ask. And we're actually looking forward to that because as we talk about the neo Negro movement, 
these are some of the people we're talking about. And um, she has had art in Times Square going on to, to with the diverse um, diversity thing. She has art in the African American Museum of Dallas. So this is this is this is big, and this goes along with uh, Amanda Gorman, like. This is big. These are our neo-Negroes. And this is a term that should be heard and spoken in reverence. I know the word Negro may offend people, but no, this is the new. It, it, I, I wish we would have done some, we would have uh, gone on that a little bit more in the word Negro and the significance of it. Yeah, there's some anger between nigga and all this yeah. and all that. And, and I, for good reason, yeah. without a doubt. It, it, it's not going to stop me from using it, but for yeah. good reason. But Negro, the history of the word and why it's important and why it should stay important within ours. And we can do a whole episode on that, mm-hmm. but we're not going to do it today. Uh, <laughs> but, oh, to give out, I'm sorry, we were talking about artists mm-hmm. that we, yeah. I want to just give a shout out to a, a local I guess you could say artist because of Oaktown Boy. Um, check them out on Instagram at Hometown Hero and at the real oakland and the reason why i make such a big deal about that obviously if you've listened to any of these episodes i'm from oakland mm-hmm. um even though i live in i've been living in st cal for a long time um oakland is we talk about harlem That's oakland it. is the second mecca we're, we're literally uh, la to the bay yeah we're la to the <laughs> bay right in the middle hey we got a story to tell anyway <laughs> But Oakland, um, the rich black history of Oakland and the yeah. renaissance of, uh, yeah, the Black Panther Party, where you get the free lunch program history from, all of that Rick. is centered in and from Oakland, from Berkeley to Richmond, all of that. They're, you know, they're all, uh, I want to say bedroom towns, but that's probably... Mm-hmm. Like San Leandro, San Lorenzo, all of that. So there, it's really important, and I'm really big on promoting anything Oakland because Oakland often gets overshadowed by San Francisco yeah. and the white and the light and the no homeless people anywhere. Is, is um, it, oh, I'm sorry, but no, but Oakland is very big to this neo-negro movement oakland has been big to all negro movements since all the time and we're talking mm-hmm. about from maya angelo so i've always in my heart of hearts i've always considered oakland the no, harlem, harlem of Cal- the bay area because there's um again remember la is not the city san francisco is so yeah. there's a big difference so we're the city on so the bay is there anyone else in this in this current Oh, and I'm sorry, with Hometown Hero, I don't want to forget too, um, his his book of poetry, Layers of an Imperfect Soul, and it's available on Instagram. It's really good too, full of poetry. Go ahead. What were you going to say? I'm I was going to say, if, if, did you have anybody else you, you wanted? Because we named some and we're going to leave some out, but you know, we can go in forever. So is there anybody else you want to highlight or mention? I mean, before we wrap it up. I don't think I have anybody else right now. Again, as soon as we hit stop, I'm going to think about it. <laughs> 10 other people. But so, I just appreciate all of the black creatives. Yeah, so if you're listening to this and you, you happen to be in a Facebook group, man, just drop some. Like, that's what we want to do. We want to have this dialogue. Say, oh, you guys didn't mention this person. Because we can always do a part two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But, <laughs> and, but, and not just for the shout out purposes, but because we ourselves, we're trying to create a black renaissance Mm -hmm. and it's not just it's not for likes it's not for fun or whatever because we are different we're older now but if we would have had something like this maybe 10 or 15 years ago maybe life would have been a little bit different um but since 
we have a voice, we're going to use that voice. And you will hear from now on, of course, our foolishness and nonsense, because that's never going to end. <laughs> but so, so now we don't have but to complain about not being represented. We can represent ourselves. We, we have, have no now. longer, we no longer have any excuses. Exactly. And then we're all about supporting other black creatives. That's the crux of all of this. It, and that's our biggest thing. So this isn't just a, a shout out for him, but this is to give a history and to give a light to people who are out here changing the world. Because yeah. at the end of the day, that's what they're doing. That's what yeah. we're all trying to do. So it doesn't have to be a big thing, yeah. but we're definitely trying to change the world I'm, in a little I'm, way. I'm loving the upward and positive trajectory of of um, of all of it, man. I, and, and, and of course, it'd be like... A, I'm black, so I like black things. Like, yeah, nothing, I mean, nothing, at the end of the day. I love black art. I love looking at a painting of a black person that's hair is out. Uh, and it's, it, their skin is like, looks like my skin. But, but, but you, when my fro is out, it's comb your hair. But it's fine. It's I fine. I, said, <laughs> I just start singing Bone Thugs and Harmony. But, <laughs> but anyway... Um, so I guess we can uh, wrap we'll it up. We'll go ahead and now. wrap it up. But go ahead once again. Check us out on our Facebook page, our Facebook group, mm-hmm. um, both called Black Audacity, Twitter Black Audacity, mm-hmm. Instagram Black Audacity. Mm-hmm. Um, You'll you find know, us through there. It, yeah. All you gotta do is type in Black Audacity. So just go ahead and hit us up. Also. Email us with any ideas, anything you want to hear us talk about. Mm-hmm. Um, put in the line if you want to hear us sober, if you want to hear us drunk. Because <laughs> that, defi- that definitely determines yeah. what the, type of episode the, it's going to be. Two different people. Uh, um, and we'll, we will get in our bag either way. But thank you again and peace out. All right.